It's Thursday, March 31st. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, you better listen or he could come to your house and slap you. J.P. Shadrick. I don't think so. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday afternoon. I am J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy program as always on Thursday. Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman joining us. We'll get some highlights from the NFL annual meeting. We'll hear from Jags owner Shad Khan and head coach Doug Peterson. Logs has been looking at the film of some of these top draft prospects. We'll get his results of the film session, what he thinks about some of the top names. We'll go around the National Football League. A lot of news continues. Uh, free agency, of course, a couple weeks in, and some changes, a coaching change last night in the NFL and the NFC South, all that coming up. Uh, Logs, good afternoon to you. What's up? Good. Yeah, it's all good, man. Uh, by the way, uh, you were over here watching some film with me today, too. Yeah, a little bit. Very little bit. Not yeah. as much as you were, but yeah, well, thanks we, for letting me peek over your shoulder. Uh, you know, the only reason that uh, the JP wanted to watch was, uh, first of all, the uh, when you watch a University of Georgia-Alabama game and you turn on, whether you're Alabama's offensive side or their defensive side against Georgia, okay, the number of prospects that are on the tape at one time is ridiculous. So you could actually be doing your scouting for the current year and your advanced scouting for future years by watching some of the prospects that are that are playing for both of those ball clubs. It's incredible. We'll get some of your results of that film watching coming up in just a little bit here on Jaguars Happy Hour. We've got another uh, Twitter poll today, Logs. I know what last week you were enamored by this. Yeah, it was kind of weak, in my opinion. But what do you was got? It, was it real? Yeah, no, it was a little weak. Weak. Okay, this one. After player additions the past two weeks, what's the greatest area of need for the Jags heading into April? Very good question. The options were wide like receiver, that. pass rush, offensive line, or other. Pass rush. We've got 282 votes so far. This came up about midday today. Mm-hmm. 46% mm-hmm. say wide receiver. 33% say pass rush. 18% offensive line. 3% other. Well, I'm a little biased towards you. Know, I would say pass so. Pass rush. That's it. At J.P. Shadrick. Yes. That's so I can my Twitter, go yeah. to you Twitter can go there and, now and, and check vote it out if you have that on your phone. I, I, I will. I'll, I'll uh, pull up my Twitter account instantly and vote. Can't in, wait. In the next break. We'll, uh, we'll update that again <laughs> before the show is over today. Uh, of course, we're live on 1010 AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and Jaguars YouTube. Let's get to the NFL annual meeting review. This is one of the very few times each year the Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, is on the record at certain points. Jaguars.com senior writer John Osier had the exclusive with the Jags owner this week, the Breakers in Palm Beach, talking about the workplace environment for the Jaguars after the changes. Literally a lot of open discussion on where our weaknesses is, mm-hmm. are, where our opponent's weaknesses might be, and where the strengths are, and how do we develop it. Uh, and turn it into uh, really a winning program. The full conversation available on Jaguars.com and Jags social media. And he's he said this a few times in the interview logs. He's been here 10 years now. He's had a few different uh, operating uh, flow charts, if you will, right? Different iterations of that. 
And, you know, hiring Doug Peterson in now, with Trent Baalke, at least he said it on the interview, he feels like it's a good start in the right direction. You just got to go produce now. That's the next yeah, step. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, everybody feels great about where your program is in March, That's okay, right. but uh, the work has, uh, has only just begun, and uh, there's a lot of work left to do, so... Uh, I don't think that any proclamations need to be made or statements made about how great things are now, you know, because the results speak for themselves when the games start being played because, oh, by the way, they keep count, you know. So uh, this football team's got a long, long way to go uh, to, to getting this program headed in the right direction. When I say that, I mean, I'm talking about visible Visible from a from a fan perspective and from a, a perspective that's being viewed from the outside, because nobody's seeing what's going on on the inside and nobody cares. People care about when it's time to play games and and they're they're keeping score and then keeping a record count. So, and the um, reality is, this team has won what four, is. four games in two years. Last time I checked, that's not a lot. So, no, a lot of work to do. And uh, you like what they've done in free agency, but at the same token, you also spent a lot of money to get that accomplished. And that's not exactly what you wanted to do. You'd like to be able to uh, do what Trent Baalke talked about, what the ultimate goal is, which is having a strong roster to where you're working on second contracts and then just supplementing your roster with a few guys here and there instead of going out and paying top dollar in free agency or overpaying guys in free agency to get the productivity that you need to be a, to be a, a decent football team. And that's where this program is at right now, and, and you hope that in the future it gets to the point where it's, it's self-sustainable. When I mean self-sustainable is that you're just continuing to reload with the draft picks that you have. Because even though the Rams won a Super Bowl, okay, how many other teams have been able to do what the Rams did and win a Super Bowl? They're kind of the first to really go all in like that recently. I mean, look, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks did it because they got the greatest of all time playing quarterback. But, oh, by the way, that was a stacked roster yeah. prior to Tom yeah. Brady arriving. Tom doesn't play defense last I checked. I mean, a stacked roster. Yeah, they're pretty good on defense. So, uh, yeah, this team's got some work to do to get to that point. So the full conversation with Shad kind of available on Jaguars.com from earlier this week. We know who also spoke in Palm Beach this week. The AFC Coaches Breakfast Monday. Doug Peterson met with the media there. Plenty to cover. We're going to start now on the offensive line, though. It's a big focus this week. There's been a lot of change since we last spoke logs. Of course, Brandon Linder. Uh, calls it a career after eight seasons. There's a question mark there now. They do have Tyler Shatley there. A lot of conversation about right tackle and a battle coming up for that position in the offseason program and training camp. But Cam Robinson, that story is still out there as well. Franchise tagged, and Doug Peterson asked about the veteran left tackle earlier this week. It's hard to find really, really good left tackles in this league. Um, and we feel like Cam is one of those good tackles, and uh, we're just fortunate to be able to, you know, franchise him, keep him, keep him here. Um, hopefully, work out a, a long-term deal with him so he's around more than just a year. Um, but but keeping that and knowing his experience and knowing his expertise really made it easy for us to keep him around. That's earlier this week, Doug Peterson, the, the full conversation, the full press conference on Jaguars.com also. So, I mean, they're working on a long-term deal with Cam. And then, as we said, there's some other question marks. There's still a lot to be determined on this offensive line. 
Yeah, the interesting thing is that where is that number going to be at for a long-term contract? Because if you look at uh, the tackle that uh, played for the Saints that hit the market, um, I'm trying Armstead. Huh? Yeah, Armstead. Taron Armstead. Uh, the contract that he got, I think a lot of people were were surprised that it wasn't higher than what it was. Mm-hmm. When you looked at that contract, you went, "Wow!" If the Jaguars can can do the same with Cam Robinson, that may be okay. But Armstead's been hurt a lot. Uh, Taron Armstead, by the way, uh, five years, seventy five million dollars with the Dolphins, forty three guaranteed. Yeah, and that's. Uh, Wow, if you can get something in that range for for Cam Robinson, but I mean, is Cam Robinson what Taron Armstead is? But Cam's been healthier. I mean, so there's a little bit of a debate there. But uh, uh, I've said this before about I I think it would have been awesome if you could have had Cam be a right tackle and he could find a way to put somebody at left tackle. But look, Cam's a, a solid left tackle. Is he a great left tackle? No. Is he a solid left tackle? Yes. Does it prevent you from having to go out and maybe try to fulfill that uh, that position in free agency or uh, with the draft because you'd like to be able to create some competition at right tackle? So, I mean, yeah, it solves a lot of the, the issues. But I think the interesting thing, the, the, the news of the day for me, was that there's a competition at right tackle. How about that, right? So, Jawan Taylor, he spoke uh, highly of Jawan but said, hey, Walker's going to go in there. They're going to compete. Uh, in the off-season program and in training camp, so uh, get your, uh, you know, get your binoculars ready for get training camp. Ready. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> fun, right? Now, I think that that's uh, that's needed. I said that before that the right tackle position needs competition, and I didn't know that they would do that with the draft pick, uh, you know, from last year. I thought maybe they, uh, you know, but here's the thing: people have to be on board with where they're playing at. Jawan Taylor needs competition. You know, we were kind of surprised a little bit when we had the informal kind of Q&A with a coach and general manager and with the local media. And when the question was asked by John Reed about Jawan Taylor, a kind of very stern response was given about how much they liked Jawan Taylor. And I was kind of a little bit surprised because, I mean, look, I know you want to back your players, but at the same token, Jawan Taylor needs to play better. Well, I think that message was clearly sent this week at the owners' meeting that there's going to be competition at the right tackle because there needs to be. And then at center, uh, you know, Brandon Linder out. What happens there? I mean, you normally well, most before, teams... before we start talking about what what's going to happen now, I, I think we got to congratulate him, Brandon Linder, okay. on an exceptional career. Uh, even though he has had some injury issues, which prohibited him from playing full season for this football team. You talk about a really good football player that when he was on the field, he was arguably the best lineman on the field for the Jaguars. Not to mention a, a top-quality guy who did things the right way, and he was a total pro. And uh, and I got a lot of respect for him because of the way he's always gone about his business because he played in an era that only had one really good season. But Brandon Linder came to work every offseason, came uh, into the season, and was the best at his best from a physical standpoint and did everything that he needed to do to prepare for a season. So I have a lot of respect for Brandon Linder. So congratulations to him. But, yeah, you know, you said it too. He, he missed 41 games in eight seasons. That is a lot of time well, off to the side. But And, and, I, and, I, and I, I think that wears on you, obviously, physically because you're getting banged up. But – Mentally, too, you're trying to go out there. If he's that much of a professional, which he is, you want to be out there playing and, and having to rehab all the time. And, and then you're thinking about the future after football, too. Well, it's just time. And look, I, I, 
I'm obviously maybe a little bit slanted in, in the opinion of Brandon Leonard because I mean I'm, I'm a friend. He's a friend of mine, and uh, uh, I, I like Brandon and and was trading texts with him after the announcement was made. I actually was trading some texts with him beforehand saying, hey, did you figure out your football life? And and he just said, I'm still working on it. And I said, well, you know, best of luck with it and all that kind of stuff. And so anyway, when he made the the announcement, I, I said, you know, congratulations to him. You know, he, he had uh, he's got eight years in. Uh, he did very well. He made good money playing in the National Football League, and uh, and I'm sure that he saved some of that money. But you know, there there comes a point I think in every player's career that when you start having injuries, because I went through some of the same things, that when you start having injuries, you have to start to weigh what's worth it. Okay, uh, you you because you know, look, the money's always great. I mean, you know, and, and if it's just a question about money, you're going to keep playing until you get kicked out because right. the money's incredible right. in the National Football League. But but the, the the questions and the answers and the solutions are always more about money. It's about health. It's about uh, a way of life. It's about making sure that there are certain components of your physical and mental well-being that are going to be intact for the remainder of your life. And so I think he made the best decision for him. I wish him all the best. I know he's not going anywhere. He's a huge fan of Jacksonville. Uh, he's going to be in Jacksonville for for a long period of time, and and I'm looking forward to maybe doing some things with Brandon, you know, because he's going to have the time to do it. I was going to say uh, I have a feeling Brandon might make an appearance on the outdoor show from it's time to time. Already been worked on. <laughs> it already is. Yeah, it's already already been worked on. See, exactly. Yeah. He's he's going to become a media darling all of a sudden. He wasn't <laughs> in all into it all the time here, right? No, nah, he fine. was. Brandon Whatever. was always very good, you know. But when uh, he was on, he was great. Yeah, but he yeah. just he know. wasn't always on, though, uh, which yeah. is good. I mean, it's you fine. know. You can't like it too much, but uh, yeah, <laughs> congratulations to him. So where do they go from here? First of all, you, you have a, yeah. a really good player that I've said for the last couple of years that somebody needs to realize that Tyler Shatley is a starting center in this, in this league. Sure. You know, then there's other options too. Look, uh, uh, Iowa has a really good center. Lindenbaum. Uh, his name is Tyler, Tyler Linderbaum. Linderbaum. Yeah. Linderbaum. Yes. And he's not a, a big guy. He's a, a smaller statured center in the 6'2 range. And so when you watch film on him, like, God, the guy looks pretty small. But he's a really good football player. He's a uh, – He's nasty. He finishes. He's uh, he's very aware. He's a you can tell that when he plays the game. I mean, the guy, the guy's a he's a football junkie. The way he plays the game, and so could he be a possibility for the Jaguars in round two? Maybe, you know, you never know. I mean, in round one. Probably not round two, round three. I think he's a strong possibility. If he's still there, that's the question too. Yeah, you don't know where he's going to end up. But, but you know, I, I think the one thing about Linderbaum is that you know he's a he's a since he's a six two offensive lineman, I think that's going to push him down a little bit in the draft because you know, look, if he's six three, six three and a half, six four, I mean, he's a first round pick lock. You know, but six two centers. I mean, look, that, that that's not exactly a lot of people's favorite measurement when it comes to height weight. But he's a good football player. A little later, we'll hear more from Doug Peterson on what he's seen on tape from quarterback Trevor Lawrence so far. But up next, Aiden Hutchinson and Evan Neal. We get into the film room with you, Jeff. Hmm. And we'll uh, break down some of the top prospects in the draft in 2022. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. 
Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday afternoon, and there's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Get access to the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and more for all shows during the 2022 Daily's Place season, and logs it's shaping up to be one of the best yet. The Dave Matthews Band, Keith Urban, Tim McGraw, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. So yeah, don't miss out. Uh, that's some good shows. Brothers Osborne, heck yeah. yeah. Email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. Lumineers? Two well, nights. Love them. Two nights in a row. Lumineers are great. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to go good. check that one out. May 17th and 18th. You got Little Dirk, uh, April 19th. Tim McGraw, May Who? 5th. Little Dirk? Who's yeah. Little Dirk? I don't know that one. Dirk, uh, rap. Oh, and yeah. Then, uh, yeah. So not, we got I'm not a big fan of rap, just to let you know up front, okay? That's not my favorite uh, genre. The first concert, though, is, as you said, Brothers Osborne on April 8th. That's a Friday night. It's coming up uh, in a week from now, a week from tomorrow. That's coming right. in hot. So All the right. schedule is here, and nice. so get your tickets. We got to call uh, We got to call the Hall of Famer and then you know, see if we can get use of his couch. <laughs> right? Right? I wonder if he got an upgraded couch since he well, got in the I, Hall I of Fame. I think it's, it, they just recovered it in like a gold, a gold yeah, like a gold fabric. Sense. Yeah, That'd make a lot of sense. Yeah, with Probably the, got 71 so sewn three, into well, it. Well, she got three back cushions, and, and they put uh, these big patches on there. They sewed them in. You know, on one cushion it says H, and the next one it says O, and then the next one it says F. Okay, and then on the on the on the front down where the seat is at, it just says Bo Smelly seventy one. <laughs> right, perfect, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, we need to uh, make a phone call. Yeah, we got to see if we can you know get temporary use of it. Maybe right. So the first concert's next Friday. That means we're uh, just a few weeks away from the NFL draft starting, which is amazing. How about that? So uh, one, two, three, four weeks from tonight. Is the first round of the NFL draft? Yeah, I'm, uh, I've, been, I've been watching a little bit of film. You know, I, I try to take you know watch a couple guys every day, and and uh, I'm probably about twenty guys into the draft. You know, and I'll get to about a hundred guys. You know, somewhere in that range by the time the draft rolls around, because I know we do a draft show and yeah. and uh, to be a little bit conversant on some of these guys, and then after the draft, then you know you really start looking at every piece of film that there is on the Jaguars draft picks. So uh, I'm going to ask you this, just kind of big picture general about your film watching habits Mm -hmm. what do you look for do you have a checklist of things you want to see from a certain position group or player or do you just look at it in general to see if he can move or or do you just kind of have a blank slate and say what he can do after you watch it? Uh, typically, how I do is, I first of all, I, I have like a website that, that has a, an unofficial ranking that, that you know that might be Sporting News or it might be CBS or it might be yeah. you know yeah. a Draft Knicks you know website or whatever. So then I just have that list, and then, so then I kind of work down through the prospects. And then I also what I do is that when I watch a particular game, then you try to watch other prospects at the same time. So like when you watch. You know, I bring up the As University said, of Georgia. Yeah, you know, right. there's there's essentially three or four guys that you can watch along the defensive line alone. You know, and that's just with the defensive line. But you know, that's what you always try to focus in on because I want to watch the end zone copy, and you're watching that position group. And then if you can watch the the competition on the other side, if there's a really good offensive lineman while you're watching, 
a Georgia defensive line play against Alabama, then obviously you can watch Evan Neal. So there's some advantages to kind of getting to know who the prospects are first before you start watching film because then that way you can find out who I should be watching when the game is up. Right. But, uh, but no, I mean, there's no really – there's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason. You know, you kind of go down the list, and then maybe you might watch a group. You might watch defensive ends one day. The next day, you might watch the quarterback class, which I haven't started to get into mm-hmm. because they're ranked a little bit farther down in the pecking order. The uh, offensive linemen, I've watched uh, the top four guys, five guys there because that's a pretty good group. And, uh, and I think there's some talent there. Uh, I, I, like I said last week, I really like the guy at NC State. I think he's a really good football player, and I think he would have some positional flexibility to play at the guard spot before eventually maybe ending up at tackle. I'll tell you what, let's, uh, you, you said you watched a, a good amount so far, not the whole list of guys you're mm-hmm. going to watch. So let's, let's start with four today. Okay. And these are four names that have really been mocked to the Jags the most of any. We'll start on defense with um, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. You might have heard of him. He yeah, was in the Heisman finalist, and... You know, um, he's the guy that a lot of people still feel, and even more strongly now after the free agency world has happened, that the Jags could go number one with. There's absolutely nothing not to like about him. Seriously. I mean, this guy, he does it all. He First off, he's got the height, weight, the measurables, all line up where you want it to be. He is, uh, as far as a football player goes, he's got great motor. I mean, a great motor and great conditioning level. And so those boxes all kind of check. And now productivity. The productivity is off the scale. What did he have, like 19 sacks when he was at Michigan? But when you watch him play the game, it's a lot of the things that he does when he's not sacking the quarterback that make you go, wow. He's strong at the point of attack. He has a great finish. He plays with great leverage. He, uh, he f- uh, finishes with great closing speed. The one knock that I would say, if you compare him to some of the other number one overall picks that have happened from that defensive end slash linebacker position, like mm-hmm. a Clowney or a Miles Garrett, he's not that type of athlete. But he's so productive, it's hard to, to, to knock him for not being that type of an athlete. I mean, but I, cause I, because I can tell you, if Miles Garrett, if you, if, if you compared Miles Garrett as a prospect when he was coming out, and you look at Hutchinson, you would take Miles Garrett all day long. Sure. You would. Yeah. I mean, because he's a superior just athlete. Different. Yeah, different. Superior. He's one of those guys that's just a freak. Uh, but Aiden Hutchinson is a freak from the standpoint of highly productive. T.J. Watt, you know how T.J. Watt just finishes that he's always, not always most the athletic person, but his moves just work. Kind of that kind of a player, but I think he's he's got a bigger physical skill set than I think T.J. Watt. So, uh, so I think he's a really good football player, and, and I, I think the Jaguars will not go wrong at all picking him first overall. Now, let's move along to another player that we were watching earlier today before the show, mm-hmm. and a name that has popped up on some of these mock drafts at number one on defense, and it's uh, Trayvon Walker from Georgia, defensive lineman who became a full-time starter this past season. He had some spot starts in, in the couple seasons before that, 
but he worked his way into the regular starting lineup last season on a really good uh, Georgia defensive line across the board. Uh, where is this coming from? Walker all of a sudden is uh, moving up boards here, and, and he had a great combine. That's part of the reason. Well, first of all, he is a, a good football player from the standpoint of he makes plays, and he's strong. He uh, he has positional flexibility. He weared, uh, he wears number 44, and at the University of Georgia, he was, uh, for the most part, a three-point and a lot of times four-point because he gets in his four-point stance when he plays defensive end. But then he also kicked down. He played defensive tackle, the three technique. He also performed as a stand-up linebacker. He is strong. His hands are extremely powerful. He gets really good leverage. The only negative I would say is that if people are looking at him to maybe be a stand-up outside linebacker, I don't really see that in him. I think he's a defensive end and a guy that can can kick down on the inside and be an inside pass rusher as, as a three technique. But I really like him. He's not a polished pass rusher. Like Aiden Hutchinson has a lot of really good moves. Okay, And when you watch Trayvon Walker – He's still trying to figure that out, but he's still effective because he's big, strong, and he's got a great finish to him. That's the thing I think that might be one of the most impressive things is that he finishes so much better than his teammate that we were watching a little bit, Jordan Davis, who yeah, right. some people think are he is off the charts because he's big and strong and can run fast, but when you watch the film, where's the finish? That's what I keep saying when I watch Jordan Davis. Where's the finish? And for those who may not understand what finish actually means, what does that mean in layman's terms? It's a good question because, uh, for example, when you watch Trayvon Walker, he, he, he engages with the block and then he's got instincts to know where the ball is going. So he's getting rid of the block and then accelerating towards the ball. Whether make, he gets there or not, at least he's going exactly. that direction. He's headed that way. Yeah. Okay, when you watch a Jordan Davis sometimes, he's a you know, six foot six, three hundred and forty pound man that ran an unbelievable forty Four, times. Seven, eight. Okay, but when you turn on the tape, you sit there and you go, Well, you wouldn't know that he would run fast because he doesn't run a lot when he's on the field. He kinda has stalemates on blocks and then he doesn't shuck the block and then he's not pursuing whether he gets there or not. And I think that's one of the things that would prohibit me from sitting there even considering him for a top five pick because where's the finish? And, and I made the comment to you, JP, look, if you're going to pick somebody in the top ten, he can't be a guy that the University of Georgia was taking off the field on third down. Yeah. Okay, and, that, and, and I don't see him as an every-down player in the National Football League. And so Jordan if, Davis, we're talking. Yeah, yes. Jordan Davis. So yeah. if, if he was going to get drafted in a top ten, he's got to be one of the best first and second down nose tackles in the history of the league for him to be drafted in the top ten. Right. I mean, because Trayvon Walker, three down guy, plays defensive end, plays defensive uh, end in a three four. He plays defensive end in a four three. He can be a stand up rush guy, and then he also can be a drop guy. And then if you wanted to, could he play as a nose tackle? He, he actually physically can do that. Okay, Aiden Hutchinson is a guy that can play defensive end with his hand on the ground, but that's not his strong suit. Okay, I'm going to go back to him a little bit because I think Aiden Hutchinson is an all-day two feet in the ground not and, and as a two-point guy. He is a stand-up outside linebacker. That's where he performs best when he gets his hand on the ground. 
for some reason it doesn't he doesn't play as well from what I've seen. And so uh, so interesting. So I, I think two really good prospects. I know Maurice Jones Drew had uh, kind of mocked Trayvon Walker first yeah. overall to the Jaguars, and you know he was kind of be a be a little bit shocking. I don't know if he would be a a first overall pick. I I don't see that kind of production, but I think he's a he's a very interesting prospect, and he's gonna he's gonna make somebody a really uh, give somebody a really good football player. Well, um, let's move along to the offensive line. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL and Jaguars.com. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman will go around the league at 445 today. Well, Evan Neal did not work out at the Combine in Indianapolis, the Alabama offensive tackle on the left side, but he did yesterday in Tuscaloosa at the Alabama Pro Day. I think there were about eight or nine players that worked out yesterday for a few NFL coaches and scouts and everybody. But all eyes were on Evan Neal. He had been mocked to the Jaguars quite a bit at number one and earlier in the process. What did he weigh in at that point? Oh, Do you know? No, I'm just out of curiosity because, you know, weight has been a little bit of an issue with Evan Neal in his history. So that, I think that's a very – I guarantee you that a lot of scout, scouts, that was one of the first things that they wanted to see was what did he weigh in at, what kind of shape did he look to be in, uh, because he's one of those guys that if he doesn't watch it, you remember the right tackle that played for the Buffalo Bills way back in the K-Gun days when Jim Kelly was the quarterback? Uh, Howard House Ballard, they used to call him. He was about okay. 375. Right. And if 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 Howard, I think his name, first name was Howard House Ballard. House was his nickname. If he had actually had his weight a little bit more under control, he would have been a really good right yeah. tackle. So uh, the latest I can get is right before the combine. He weighed in at three thirty-seven. Yeah, and he played heavier than that. At yeah, the he was three fifty-one listed at Alabama. Yeah, and then so he probably ended up weighing about three sixty-ish. You know, because yeah. and the reason I, I I bring that up is because at times Evan Neal doesn't look like a great athlete. Okay, uh, he's not. Put it this way, he is not in the Tony Baselli prospect category of potential. Hall of Fame left type left tackle. I think he's on the ground a lot. I think he's extremely powerful and he's got good footwork as far as he, you can tell that he's been coached very well. Very well. And his footwork good, his hands are good when he gets his hands on you. Typically he's going to eat guys up. He does a good job of driving guys. But when he gets somebody who is athletic, that's where I think that he he can really struggle. And maybe some weight loss would help him and will help him in the future. But is he a hands-down, surefire number one overall? I, I, I can't say that he is. I, I, just, I just don't I don't see that. I think he's on the ground too much, and I think he's a little bit limited from the athletic standpoint. It would make me a little bit cautious about making him the number one overall pick. But I can tell you, though, he is a really good football player. And that's kind of – that's being a little bit – uh, overly critical of him because the guy has taken on take, taken on some really good football players and negated them. You know, when you watch him play uh, against the University of Georgia, you want to talk about stoning the strong defensive end that we just got done talking about, Trayvon Walker. Yeah. And not many people can stone a Trayvon Walker. So I, I think he's a good football player, but I like the guy at NC State better, to yeah. be honest with you. Uh, one more note on Evan Neal. I think he had one penalty all of last season against him, and I think six in his entire career, and moved around a few different positions, played guard one year, played right tackle one year, now, of course, finished at left now, Let me ask you a question, though, because if yeah. somebody's moved around a lot in their career, 
does that make him more valuable or does it make you question why he played multiple positions because he wasn't good enough to be in one position and own it? Well, I mean, it also tells you about all the other guys that were playing those positions maybe, in Alabama too. May, maybe, I think but, there's but, part of that. Well, and Alabama's a little bit different, but uh, I, I still think in my mind be, because of some of that has happened, mm-hmm. I would sit there and wonder if he's that good of a left tackle. Mm-hmm. Then why didn't the University of Alabama leave him at left tackle and say you're the man? Three years, yeah. Okay, and then find places for other guys because you know if I've got a guy who's a dominant best left tackle hands down, I'm not moving him. I'm moving other guys. You know, so I think that that's maybe a little bit of what I'm referring to, and maybe some of my hesitation to as far as proclaiming him you know this great left tackle you know number one overall pick that's like i said that's well, he, I mean, he's not not to be confused with yeah. tony baselli yeah cuz they had alex leatherwood there jonah williams was there in 18 and then was gone and then but here let me comes. let me let me say this yes. okay leatherwood jonah williams okay yeah. these guys here were they elite Jonah Level. Williams was, but that was before Evan. That I was think, before was on him, campus. so he wasn't even. But Leatherwood, I mean, Leatherwood, Leatherwood was considered to be a little bit limited athletically. And where right. did he play with the Raiders? Right, right tackle. Right. You know, so that's my point: right. is that if he were that good, he would have been at left tackle regardless. Uh, and then final thought on Iki Kwanu, your guy from Love NC him. State. You Love him. him. Got finish. Um, uh, plays exceptionally well. He's qu- quickness. He's, he got finish, man. You want to talk about powerful finish. Uh, I don't know what this guy's upper body is completely made of, but it's got a lot of muscle because the guy can like literally pick guys up and throw them like out of the bar. And legally, not like you know, grabbing a guy and you know, <laughs> he and throwing threw me them down. in public. He can push guys out the bar. I mean, that's how big and strong he is, athletic. And uh, you know, but he's not perfect. I mean, he. I think, but the one thing I think that's attractive about him is with the Jaguars, uh, potentially, is that if you drafted a guy like him, he could end up playing guard for you for a while. And and I think he would be an exceptional guard. Uh, and I think I think he can be a really good left tackle. I don't think again he's not uh, he's built a little bit more like a guard. He's a not quite you know he's not six foot six or anything like that. But uh, interesting matchup. Uh, the guy that really kind of gave him a fit uh, was the Florida State's Jermaine Johnson. And so if people want to watch a really good matchup, watch NC State, Florida State, and Jermaine Johnson because Jermaine Johnson's a good football player. Let's come back in a moment. We'll hear from Doug Peterson again from the NFL annual meeting on what he has seen on tape from Trevor Lawrence and a little later around the NFL. A lot of news around the league the last week or so. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Obviously, he throws the ball well on the run. That was one thing. Number two, he throws the deep ball really well. And, and when I say the deep ball, particularly the seam throws, you know, between the number and the hash. And that was something that kind of popped out on film as we were watching him and studying him, you know, this offseason. So those are all things that we can, we can try to use, you know, as we move forward in developing our scheme offensively. That is Doug Peterson from the NFL annual meeting on, and guess who? Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman on 1010 AM in Jacksonville, Jaguars.com, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The podcast's on the free iHeartRadio app. Search Jacksonville Jaguars. Hit us up on Twitter also 
at J.P. Shadrick at Logs56. Do you agree with that? The deep balls, the seam throws well, I think on the move. A lot, a lot more than just that. I mean, I, I think yeah, he does well, that, a lot of things. That was well. a secondary uh, answer to yeah. uh, a second question about Trevor. Yes. Yeah, I, I think he does a lot of things well. I think the thing that he does or showed this past year that uh, argu- arguably it was his number one strong suit was his maturity. I don't think there's any other young quarterback that has come along in recent years that could have handled last year with the grace and uh, uh, in the class that Trevor did. Because I don't think that was uh, an easy year for anybody to go through, particularly a young rookie quarterback, to have to deal with all the crap that happened with Urban Meyer and the organization. I, I thought he handled it exceptionally well. So um, for me, that's the number one thing that, that he did well last year. What Hate the, to say that. I mean, you know, but what I mean, that's is. the reality. I oh, mean, it's sure. Look, uh, that uh, that obviously doesn't come out on tape. But any, that's any mere, number one. Any other mere mortal would have been eaten up by it. I right. mean, and, and Trevor handled it well, and I thought he was poised and showed great leadership uh, in backing his teammates. Uh, the way he backed James Robinson after Urban Meyer uh, handled that situation so poorly and then lied about it. Uh, you know, you couldn't have asked. Uh, for anything better out of your quarterback than to have him support his teammate and his team. And I thought that was exceptional. You know, the, some of the physical things that Trevor does, I mean, look, there, there was a reason why he was QB number one for many years and thought to be the number one prospect and one of the greatest prospects to ever come out in recent time. So all the physical tools are there. He just needs guidance, and he needs better players around him, and he needs experience. And some of the other things that we're hoping for will come eventually. That leads me to my next question for you, Logs, and stay with me here. Of course, Doug Peterson said that Travis Etienne should be good to go here very soon, and he'll do some football things in the offseason program. It's a good step in the right direction. And they're expecting James Robinson closer to training camp and in that time frame to, to be ready to go. That's at running back. They've added a tight end in free agency. Dan Arnold expected to be back. They've added two wide receivers in free agency to go with Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, just to name a couple of guys that are here before. What else do you want, at least in terms of weapons on offense around Trevor? Uh, well, I, I want to see young weapons that can develop, and that's through the draft. I, I think you've, you've got to find a way to add to your offensive line a little bit in the draft. I like the tight end position where they're at. Uh, I think they're they're really good there because they've got two guys that can catch the ball, and then they've got a really strong blocking tight end returning. I think the receiver position you need uh, you need a dominant guy that can play on the outside that can make plays and go deep. Uh, I don't think you have one, um, even though that you've signed a couple guys in free agency. I think Zay Jones is just a solid guy. And uh, in free agency, you, you pay solid guys more than just solid pay. That's just kind of how it works in free agency. And Kirk, uh, I think he's a dynamic, explosive player that you can get creative with him and doing things with him movement-wise. But I don't think he's a guy that's going to just make a living on the outside. I think you need to find a guy that has a, a, a little bit more range. And when I say range, as far as the, the height – the measurables, but then also has the vertical ability. Somebody that can take the top off of a defense. Somebody that can threaten a defense. 
you know, if Jimmy Smith can go back and be 21, 22 years old again, it'd be fantastic <laughs> for this organization. Sure it would, of course. But, I mean, somebody along those lines that can threaten a defense. And if, you know, and I think here's the thing. When the quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage and he's, and he's got a guy, you know, like Mike Evans or, you know, uh, Devontae Adams, okay, and you look outside and you see one guy covering him, you can make the decision right then and there, I'm throwing him the football because my guy is better than their guy, and he's always going to be better than their guy. Do you have somebody on the roster like that mm, right now? You I don't. don't. Think so You don't. No. no, no, you don't think, JP. They don't <laughs> have it right now. Could somebody develop? Well, well, that'd be great, but I just don't see that happening right now. So, uh, look, uh, and I've said this before. Wide receiver, I think, is always a position that you can find guys in rounds two, rounds three, rounds four that can make significant impacts for your football team, and I expect the Jaguars to find one. The Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season as Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence and others, of course, lead the charge. Lock in your seats at jaguars.com slash tickets. Or call 904-633-2000. New season tickets on sale tomorrow. And as a season ticket member, you'll get access to exclusive experiences, events, and player appearances. Don't miss your chance to be part of the future. Jaguars.com slash tickets for all the details. We'll go around the National Football League when we return. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. If you're watching us on Jaguars.com, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, you're looking live at the Football Performance Center. The footprint is massive. The concrete is starting to be poured. They're digging a big hole. Looks like for maybe a big pool. I don't know what that's well, for. They're moving a lot more dirt. I'm thinking, you know, last week, I think I said it looks like a little bit of a landfill. I think that today it looks like a motocross park. Let's break out the dirt bikes and ATVs and let's get busy. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Uh, there's <laughs> a lot of hills of dirt and things in the yeah. parking lot. Uh, so, of course, that's scheduled to open in 2023 for training camp, and uh, we're watching the progress daily and weekly here there on Jaguars Happy Hour. There's a lot of heavy equipment out there, I can tell there you There is, that. and it's only just begun. There's going to be more and more as we move along. A lot going on uh, construction-wise, and, and, and in the at least the sports complex development, the fire museum was moved down the road, and it's now resting on its new home. How about that? Right by the, the demolition site for the old Berkman II building. I think it's pretty right next door. Pretty impressive when you, you can take a structure like that yeah. and just, oh, yeah, we're just going to move it down the road a little bit, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. Pretty cool. It's uh, it's like one of those things where when you see the uh, like where I was down at the Kennedy Space Center uh, back when my daughter had spring break and we go down and you, and you see that that big place where they put the sh- the, the rockets together and then they had these like tank track mechanisms that would wheel yeah. these things to the launch pad you're yeah. like good lord right. man like uh, what a third of a mile in an hour or yeah. something but it's just hundreds yeah. of thousands of tons on this mm-hmm. thing that's a lot of weight being moved and and to keep it intact. Wow, and then the the roads have been have been changed coming off the Hart Bridge now. There's a new pattern there, and it's a temporary pattern, I believe. And then 
coming from downtown. They've created that new road around the flyover. It, it, you know, it, there's a lot going on right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a good job. The Doro building's guys. going up. I mean, there's a, a lot. The of, what is? The Doro uh, on the corner here, a kitty corner from the ballpark. Okay. The baseball stadium. There's a new apartment complex going up there. Oh, okay. Uh, with a, a brand new parking deck. There's going to be a rooftop pool, I think. All that nice. stuff's there. I mean, it's all kind of happening at the same time. That reminds time, me, I, cool. and I know you don't travel a whole lot, but having a rooftop pool, there, there's a hotel, and Joe will remember this. It's the uh, hotel that we stay at in Houston, and it has the pool, and I, if I remember correctly, it's in the shape of the state of Texas. Oh, I've seen photos of that. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Not that I was ever out there hanging out. I was going to say, how many, how many uh, they they uh, like open this thing up to the public, and it turns into what looks like spring break MTV action out there. You know, that's right up your alley, man. No, I'm, I'm, there's like a gym that's right next door to it, and that's where I am usually at. You are, sh- by the way, you just showed your age. By the way, if you mentioned MTV Spring Break, I mean well, I'm they in the same still don't ballpark. Have that? No, I don't think they have that anymore. I, Come I, on. I grew up watching that stuff. That was they awesome. don't have it. They used to, used to years be, ago. Yeah, that's a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, they used to have it at Daytona all the time, and well, there was Spring Panama break, City. Spring breaks aren't then, going so well right now. Yeah, I think right. there's some bad press coming out of South Florida about yeah. the spring break stuff. So that, Not good. but that shows our era watching MTV. Like Pauly Shore was the host, and Julie Downtown Brown was always there. All that. Yeah, right? I was I was back in the early days. Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember. They had like concerts live, and you never really saw those anywhere else. The whole thing. Joe remembers the early days of MTV. Come on, Joe. (laughs) That's right. Chime in. Where are you? That's Joe Fortunato. Who's the first VJs? Your mic's not on, Joe. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know what's going on. Maybe we need to go help him push the the right button. Didn't think I was going to hear the name Paulie Shore in today's (laughs) program. Right? No, but Kate, real quick before we go around the NFL, I know you want to squeeze that in. One of the original. VJs uh, that did the news for MTV. Kind of was a real bland guy, had kind of straight hair. What was his name, Joe? Alan Hunter. Alan Hunter. Well, okay. That's a good pull right there by you. Wow, that was quick. How about Good that? memory. It was the hair. You must eat blueberries. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> hey, uh, let's go around. Oh, oh, hey, oh, oh, we're not going around yet. Twitter poll results. We okay. were talking about that earlier, right? So we put the Twitter poll out um, today. And it was after the free agency moves for the Jaguars the last couple weeks. What is the greatest area of need for the Jags heading into April? Wide receiver is at 47% of the vote. Pass rush at 34%. Offensive line at 17 And other with 2%. 286 votes are in. Thank you for the contributions today. All right. Uh, let's go around the National Football League. Last night, Peter King of NBC and Sam Farmer of the LA Times wrote the story together. Bruce Arians is headed to the Buccaneers' front office. Todd Bowles elevated to head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think Todd Bowles move. is a fine coach. I think that uh, uh, he didn't get a very fair shake when he was up in New York with a with a bad organization that had its own level of dysfunction. I thought Todd, Todd Bowles handled all of that up there exceptionally well, and, and I'm glad he's getting another shot. And kind of curious as to what the reason was given as to why Bruce Arians is moving into a front office role. Did they explain any of that by chance? He, he'd been in football for 40-something years and uh, just felt it was time, I think, from hmm. what I read of his uh, statement coming well, up. Well, I mean, the reason I, I kind of asked that, uh, and I'm kind of doing it out loud, is uh, 
Is that was that something Tom Brady wanted to see? I think they were. It wasn't like he wasn't aware. I think of what was going on because he retired, came back, and then I think it was all kind of in the same little time frame. There it yeah. feels that way. Interesting. And Arian said, "Hey, organization's in a great place." And this, obviously, for Todd Bowles, you're going into a situation that the team's set up for success right away, too. I wonder if he will hire a, a new name defensive coordinator, or will he act as head coach slash question. defensive coordinator? That's a good question. You know, the offense is going to be in Byron's hands now in, in its entirety. There's no longer going to be uh, – this perceptions that that Bruce Arians is the architect of the offense and that Byron is just helping a little bit. This will now be perceived as anyway Byron's offense, even though it's still Tom Brady's offense. By the way, uh, some breaking news just a, an hour or two ago. Front Office Sports on Twitter, the Washington Post as well, uh, reporting that congressional investigators have received information. That the commanders and owner Dan Snyder kept two different books to paint different pictures of team finances, and Congress will now expand its probe into the workplace. That's in a mess. Washington. I mean, look, they're, they're the, that that organization is a mess right now. It's a mess for the league. Uh, it continues to be the the one negative, I guess you could say, focal point that still continues to happen in this league besides what's, you know, the Cleveland situation with Deshaun Watson and 22 unresolved civil cases. Uh, but, yeah, you know, when you've got uh, and you're trying to do all the right things as a league, the perceived suspension of owner Dan Snyder when he's in the booth and the head coach says he's talking to him multiple times, during the week in the football season. I mean, come on. That, that, that's a, that, that whole thing is a mess. The, I'm being nice, JP. You are being nice. I'm being nice. Yes. You know, absolutely. because uh, the Washington fans, uh, they deserve better than what they've been getting. The uh, longtime Houston Chronicle writer John McClain retiring from daily writing after 47 years was with the Waco Tribune Herald from 73 to 76. Great and writer. Then moved to the Chronicle and covered the Oilers in the beginning, of course. A member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection committee and the 06 Dick McCann Memorial Award winner from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Good guy, excellent writer, uh, has been one, uh, one of the great. Uh, Sports writers in the history of the league, and congratulations to him. No doubt, really. a great. He's been, fo- he's been a great uh, guy to, to be able to cover the league. And there aren't many better follows on Twitter when the Texans are struggling. It is absolutely <laughs> he's not afraid. Entertaining. He's not afraid. Does not hold back. Our thanks to uh, Brent Reber, Joe Fortunato, and uh, Blake Stewart on the graphic side for Jeff Lagerman. I'm JP Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.